Want to watch us in high definition? Click on the Watch in HD link below the player and notice the difference. You are watching VidGoal. And now... From Icon. This is the Congoer. Features. Good question. Uh, no, they actually inform the actor uh, what the project is prior to him uh, reading. And I had, a, I had a script, and uh, I don't recall if I had a script or just the sides. I think I had a script for uh, the Starship Enterprise pilot. Uh, yeah, and so I, you know, I think they called me in a day ahead of time. They usually give you just about 24 hours is all. Nice. nice of them. Uh, sometimes less. Sometimes uh, it's it's real quick. Sometimes hey, get up, get on over there right away. They can't find anybody. Go in there and read for this thing. So you show up and you're handed the sides and you get to look over them briefly and then you go in and, and wing it and go for it. Sometimes that works uh, even better than having a lot of prep time because sometimes you can over prepare. I talk about that in my book, by the way. Nice. Acting and other flying lessons. That's right. The greatest book ever written about anything since the dawn of man. Since cave, uh, cave pictures, actually. In fact, there are a couple of cave picture illustrations in there. Uh, <laughs> but I digress. Uh, did I answer your question? Yeah. Or am I just filling time? I think probably the latter. But it's all right. That, that works out. I do some of my best uh, work when I'm just vamping. So um, next serious question. What was the most challenging part of Um, no, was it makeup? Was it yeah, um, uh, performing my duties uh, while dressed in a, in a dress is basically what I had on. Is is like a tunic, but it got very. Uh, 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 and I have I have great empathy for women who wear dresses uh, because uh, and 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 Scots um, because the uh, depending on the, the windy conditions, moving from one one set or one uh, stage to the next. Uh, the wind just whips up, and, and Saval was no exception to the rule. Uh, so, <laughs> and sometimes just to be rude, I would perform in the nude. Uh, <laughs> underneath my kilt, and you can never tell from watching the episodes, but uh, just for the hell of it, because you can. So, um, oh, can you check in there and see if the, the new catalog is out uh, How long did it take you to get all the makeup on, though, with the, the point of view? Oh, well, they actually did it for me, uh, but uh, they, it was about a two-hour process from uh, beginning to end. Um, a long, boring process of sitting in a chair, but two hours is not too bad, because some of them uh, would take a lot longer. I've worked, I worked a shoot called Danger Island, which was uh, basically a poor man's version of Lost back in uh, the mid-'90s. And uh, I, had, I had a makeup process that was about six hours long. Uh, it was a ma makeup process where I evolved. Oh, yes, yes, yes. I don't know what this, this is. This is me, right there. This guy right there. Um, is there some reason you're showing this to me? Just no, you said to, to see if there was. Oh, I was being flip. 
and completely <laughs> cynical. Oh, I'm, I'm I don't sorry. Know what you're looking for. It's all right. I'm only having fun at your expense. <laughs> but uh, the uh, the stage. Um, let me let me talk about Danger Island. I think it was called, end up being called uh, that we shot on Oahu, uh, largely where they they shoot uh, Lost. Uh, Kathy Island was in the, the movie. That's about the only noteworthy thing about it. Uh, Kathy Island appears in a bikini many, many times throughout. So that's reason alone to see it. Uh, but I, I, evolve, I get bitten by some kind of rabid fish from outer space or something, and I start turning into a monster myself. I have five different levels of degradation uh, with required five different uh, makeup stages. And the last two, uh, I think the, la the second to the last takes four and a half hours to put on, and the last one took six hours to put on. So I would be getting these ridiculous, ridiculous call times at 2.30 in the morning, or you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, and then I'd be ready for set by 9 or something. And, uh, and I remember one time I had to be in, just for the, the convenience of the filming, I had to be in stage 6, or, or the last stage, stage five last, and then after that they had to get me out of that and then put me in stage four, and the, it was it was literally a, a, an eight hour, eight and a half hour makeup process, and it kind of makes you nuts. You there, my old friend, the squeaky door. It's like it's like uh, cosmic whales mating. It's, it's, did you see the last episode of the Star Trek Enterprise? I know it was like yes, I saw it. What do you feel about the ending? I know some people were in the happy the way they ended. I didn't understand about these, these characters. It's sort of like, oh, I get it. Uh, what a fancy, oh, could I have some more of those? What is it? Oh, look at treats. Treats. This is, this is great. These guys know how to, thank you. These guys know how to treat their actors. Because we'll, we'll act for treats. Um, we, uh, yeah, um, I didn't understand. I understood it, but uh, it, it seemed to be—it seemed to be—we were slighted that our show, which ran for four years, was really only in the imagination of some other people that had nothing to do with creating our show. But I liked the innovation of it. I liked the idea. You know, I, oh, it was all a dream, or it was all a fantasy. Oh, I don't know. It was kind of a—it was kind of like that, you know, for us. But I, I don't know. Was that, was that your reaction to the end of it? Like, what was your personal reaction to the Well, see, when I heard about it, I heard about the reaction of it first before I saw it. I heard about people just being pissed at all that, so I was, I was sort of like this you know, when I went to see it. And I thought, oh, I wanted to be mad. I wanted to be more angry than I was feeling. And, but then I saw it, I go, that's kind of clever. <laughs> so I, I was mixed. I was mixed feeling about it. Good question, though. Said, Musical ones. <laughs> you know, every time you pull the trigger, there's a little, little, little dance to What, What kind of firearms are? Well, in the blurb there, it says you compete. Oh, yeah. I compete in three gun competitions. Uh, pistol, shotgun, rifle. And uh, I, uh, as opposed to a lot of my friends who have race guns, two, two and a half thousand, uh, $3,000 race guns or pistols, I just have a stock, uh, out of the box Glock for a pistol, uh, a Benelli shotgun, and a uh, uh, Sabre Defense uh, AR-15 with a, with a AccuPoint TR-21 scope. Um, 
That's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Proficiency at firearms is, is, a, is a good skill to have. Do you, find, you find that helps you with the... Uh, Gun handling and all that? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Although with, in Star Trek, um, when you have this phaser, phaser that has no front sight on it, and it's curved, and, and it's, not really, it's, not really, it's not really right to come up on target like, like a tactical situation. So it's, I don't know if you saw this one episode where I'm firing the phaser, uh, we're trapped, and I get wounded and all that, but I'm, I'm actually just kind of putting my hand you know, over the berm and shooting like that, just b blindly. <laughs> but uh, it does, uh, I also did a... Uh, did an episode uh, of the agency. It was about the CIA uh, a few years back, and they required me to uh, disassemble a um, some kind of an Uzi or a, a, a Mac-10 or something. And uh, very quickly uh, learned how how to do it and had to had to show my expertise in it. And I I never handled one of those before, though I'm comfortable with with all sorts of firearms. So I had to learn it and then just whip it whip it together, take it apart, put it back together, and go like this. So that was that helped. That was helpful. Uh, not not seeing firearms like some kind of mystical, evil thing that's going to jump up and start hosing people, but just a tool, yeah. piece of metal. Uh, and so that that did help me. That's a long-winded answer to your question, but. but, 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 but when it came to weapons handling on Star Trek, did they give you any real instruction on how to handle a phaser versus a gun, or did they just kind of have you wing it? No, they, no, no help. This. <laughs> Figure it out. <laughs> yeah. So how? I mean, what would a hundred and twenty? What would a hundred? Yeah. What would a hundred and fifty-year-old Vulcan? Uh, how would he shoot a gun? Gosh, I had to. You know, I'm on my own there. They, they were no help. In fact, I think they sort of. They sort of. Yeah. They enjoyed my distress and trying to figure it out. They're sick bastards. But I liked them. Anything else? Yes. Uh, for Star Trek? Yes. Um, good question. I wish I had a good answer. I, uh, man, um, no, it didn't affect my life. It's good to get, it's good to get work as an actor. That's how it affects your life. You have an income. Um, you're uh, associated with a show that's doing well and people are liking and uh, they like you in the role and uh, it's, uh, it, it helps your self-esteem, certainly, because that's what you're fighting as an actor in Hollywood. Uh, you're fighting uh, the natural, the natural condition of, a, of an actor in Hollywood is unemployment. That's the natural condition. Uh, the exception to the rule, the, the unnatural situation is when you get work. Then uh, there's an extra bounce in your step. The, uh, the air is warmer, the uh, sun is brighter, uh, people are friendlier to you. Uh, because you can pay your bills with no problem, and, uh, and I always used to say uh, that uh, heaven for an actor is uh, having just completed a, a project. You got something in the can. You're working on something now, and when you get done with that, you're looking forward to this thing that's going to start up. Boom, boom, boom. Three things in in a row. An actor's happy. Other than that, after the job ends. Uh, Depending on the, on the actor, uh, about two and a half weeks, you start climbing the walls. You know, you maybe enjoy, oh, gee, that was such a hard shoot. I'm, I'm, thank God I got some time off. That lasts for a few days, and then you start, okay, now what, you know, uh, anybody, you know, checking your phone machine? No, no, no. 
you know, after two and a half weeks, you're going nuts. So, fortunately, it's it's. Uh, in fact, I mentioned this in my book, Acting and Other Flying Lessons, available on Amazon.com and GaryGraham.com. If you, uh, I I talk about how you survive uh, as an actor, and, and and people can apply this to the, to their lives. How do you survive uh, unemployment? How do you survive? Uh, in a highly competitive field where you have to put your best face on and go in there and wrestle for a new job and beat the competition. The people out in the office, you know, there's one position available and the people out in the office are damn good at what they do, just like you are. And you have to keep it together, keep your, your self, a sense of self-esteem together and go in there and meet people and realizing that the odds are against you getting this role. I mean. 15 people in the waiting room and there's one job. That means 14 people go home uh, empty-handed. So the odds are against you. How do you, uh, how do you go in there and, uh, and not be nervous and look them in the eye and, and, uh, and, and convince them that you're the right guy for the role, knowing that uh, that needs to be way in the back of your head because you need to be loose and relaxed and uh, accessible. So, uh, nobody wants to hire an asshole. <laughs> nobody wants to hire somebody who's stuttering on themselves and uptight and, 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 and too intense. But at the same time, you want to you give them the idea that you've got energy, uh, nothing but positive feelings about this, uh, and you'd be, a, you'd be an asset to their production. So, that's, that's how you survive. That's how you, and then when you find out, you know, one chance, uh, 14 chances uh, out of 15 that you're not going to get the role, you, you learn to not take it personally. And you learn to just kind of water off a duck's back, onto the next. You got to do it again. Uh, also, uh, about how, how do you feel about the film and the TV industry nowadays since like, uh, technology is getting better, so they're using more animations? So you see more actors using their voice rather than themselves, although I'm a film major myself, I, I like actual films, not like animations. I actually like the I've been seeing this coming for some time, and they're getting better and better at it. Uh, cartoons that look more and more lifelike, more realistic. Um, but it look harder for jobs, I guess. Just saw Alien vs. Predator the other day. Or Alien, no, it's Alien Alien vs. Monster. Monster. Alien versus Monster. Okay. Done so well. That, such wonderful cartoon acting. I mean, amazing. Uh, I, I just I keep thinking, wow. <laughs> Voiceover is definitely going to be my new vocation. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know where the future where where the future is going. I, I I don't feel particularly threatened by it. Uh, I love film. I love digital digital films. Uh, I love it all. There's there's plenty of room for it all. I think. Um, and and even as good as animation gets, I think there's still plenty of filmmakers out there who just love the actual process instead of spending the time in, you know in front of the keyboard. Front of the, I think they just love the process of making movies and working with actors. I know I do. I've, I've, uh, I've worked myself on the other side of the camera in writing and directing and producing. And I just love uh, being on a set and working with actors. I just love it. It's, just, it's, it's, just the, it's such a big high to, to, uh, you know, to work there, you know, get in the trenches and, and work through scenes and work with actors. And, 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 you know, open up your heart and get them to bleed a little bit more for you. We're sadists. As a director, we're sadists. We just love to rip our actors up. And then, get it, did you get that? <laughs> He's tearing his heart out, get it? So it's, it's, it's a fun process, and 
Oh, fun and um, anyway. We've got time for one more question. Good, good, good. Who's got, who's got a good one? So a stumper. I have a stumper. Fetish of, of my door, the, the the door squeak. No. What? Um, they now have this new program where people can put themselves inside the movie. Wow. Yeah. How do you feel about that? I want it. <laughs> I want to just. I want to employ myself. Oh, I think that's great. Wow. It's like a, they can put themselves in the movies? Yeah. How does that work? Um, I don't know. Supposedly, it's just like a green screen behind. You have a camera. Okay. And you play an actor inside the movie. And I think that's incredible. I love it. $200. Oh, 200 Wow. That's nothing. <laughs> Man, we need, we need $200,000 minimum to roll. We need $2 million to roll our cameras. Uh, but I think it's great. Anything... Uh, I have, um, uh, for a long time, I've been encouraging people uh, to, uh, uh, to to make their own movies. You know, with the with the accessibility of uh, HD cameras. Now, you don't have to you don't have to get a three hundred dollar or three hundred thousand dollar Panaflex camera. You can get a you can get a you know a couple of thousand dollars to get you a really nice high end uh, HD camera, and you can start editing on your computer and, and making your own movies. Uh, it doesn't change the fact that you need story knowledge, you need you need production <laughs> values, you need to you need to know how to act, you need to know how to direct. You know, um, just just a bunch of YouTube uh, clips thrown together is is not going to uh, get people uh, to sit and watch your movie and, and like it. Story uh, still, but you know, story has has been around since you know gathering around the campfire and and, and telling stories. It's all about riveting people and taking them along. And, you know, Telling the story. It's all right. I think you guys are hearing this. Um, so, so I'm I'm not threatened by that. I love it. I love the new innovations and how it, it, it uh, just gets people into film and into, into telling stories is what it is. Film is just a, a wonderful way of telling stories. So we'll, we'll human beings will always have that urge, that need to gather around and tell stories. Our our campfire gathering. It's turned into theaters. Sitting in a darkened theater is tantamount to, you know, having the, the, the elder tell the story about this hunt that they're on. There's all everybody gathers around and hears every gruesome detail. And the, and the skilled storytellers back then, you know, were our Scorsese and Coppola and all those people of, of today. So, cool, great, <coughs> happy to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Thank you. I'm going to take my treats now. <laughs> For more of The Con Goer, go to thisisthecon.com.